Welcome to Her Stories, a series of podcasts showcasing the diverse expertise, wisdom, and courage of the members of the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network, presented by peace activist Magda Zenon. In each episode, recorded during the coronavirus social isolation period, a different mediator shares her story. Hello, this is Magda. Today on Her Stories, we welcome Vesta Skare Osbold, a lawyer and a very active member of the political scene of Croatia. Welcome, Vesna. Thank you very much. Best regards from Zagreb. Vesna, we are both members of the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network. We all bring different things to this network. You wear many hats, so let's choose one of them. One of your hats is that you are a politician. How did this journey of politics start for you? Uh, well, uh, my idea was not to become a politician. <laughs> my idea was to become a very good lawyer. Uh, but uh, by coincidence, I finished in the politics in the uh, early 90s. President, first president of the Republic invited me to be a member uh, of his uh, cabinet, of his team. So I found myself uh, without uh, my will, actually, real will, uh, uh, I find myself in the president's cabinet as the advisor for public relations, uh, then later as a political advisor, uh, the youngest advisor and the only woman in his cabinet. That was very challenging because um, uh, my style was completely different from the others. Uh, every day we had meetings at 10 o'clock, uh, president has his uh, meeting with his cabinet, and only I, would, I always said, I don't, think, uh, I don't think like you or uh, I don't agree or something like that. So, uh, so um, they consider me as the opposition in the camp. But uh, later he found uh, that uh, I was uh, telling the truth, that I was very uh, uh, honest when I said my opinion, uh, but uh, I didn't make any compromise. That was that was my style. One day he uh, uh, he asked me why you uh, why you are always opposing. I said I'm giving you uh, uh, my opinion. I am your advisor. You are elected president, so you will choose whether my advice worth or not. And uh, 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 he considered me as a uh, a little bit um, tough. Uh, and uh, war started in Croatia, and um, he was very he was very concentrated uh, on peaceful solution. It was very difficult on beginning because we were occupied. We were faced a lot of refugees from uh, Croatia. Vesta, Vesta, can I just stop you for a minute? What time period are we talking about? Uh, we are talking. Uh, I'm talking about early nineties, ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, four, five. Okay, and. Uh, um, we were all day and night in the office because we were, uh, uh, our system was at that time uh, half presidential system and advisors uh, as uh, me as advisor we had very, we were very powerful at that time so i was woman i was powerful uh, i was very capable i was working day and night i was uh, uh, i was uh, when president sent me uh, on the occupied territories i returned with results 
so he started to move me in direction uh, towards negotiations with rebels Serbs. Okay. And I jumped in that process. And I later become a, 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 a one of two key, le- key negotiators from Croatian side. Uh, directly responsible uh, to the president. Okay. And, uh, can, I, can I just ask you a question? How did your the political sector around you react? Because you were a woman. Uh, you were the only uh, woman. First, when when president says uh, who is going to uh, who will go to occupy territory, nobody wants to go. And uh, uh, he asked his political advisor to to go to negotiate with rebel Serbs, and he says, "Mr. President, uh, I'm uh, I, I cannot go." Uh, then he asked every advisor, and he uh, asked me whether I will go, and I said yes. So I was the only one who says I will go to the occupied territory. Um, and uh, he was also uh, uh, surprised with my with my uh, reaction. And uh, I went to occupied territory. Uh, I had my mission, and uh, I resolved the problem. I came with a paper that uh, uh, <laughs> with with uh, with a paper that was uh, signed by the occupied um, authorities and he was shocked and uh, then later he he put me every time uh, in his team uh, uh, when we were talking about negotiations then I started to work with the uh, special envoys UN envoys uh, um, Carl Bildt, um, uh, Lord Carrington uh, then um, uh, Torvald Stoltenberg uh, all these um, Uh, people who were responsible for Croatia mm. from the UN, from the uh, EU. It was not called EU at that time, um, but but uh, so so I started to uh, to work with them mm. uh, about about how to how to resolve the political problem. And we jumped into '95 when I was only responsible from Croatian side. Uh, uh, for negotiations, and uh, rebel Serbs considered me first. They said, "Ha, president is uh, sending uh, the the child." That was <laughs> that was in '92. In '94, they considered me. Well, she she has a lot of energy, but one uh, one moment changed their opinion. Because uh, uh, President sent me, I will just just uh, uh, tell a short story about uh, how how I create my image. Okay, I like stories, and this is her story, so it's perfect. <laughs> it was uh, 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 spring '95, uh, and President asked me to open the highway from Zagreb to Belgrade, that direction, from Croatia to Serbia. It was uh, blocked; and it was closed because the rebel Serbs didn't want to open it. Mm. And I was sent to negotiate with them to open this uh, highway. I came with my delegation from Zagreb and uh, uh, I, I, I was waiting them to come to the checkpoint, UN checkpoint on the middle of that uh, highway. And I was waiting one hour, two hours, three hours, they, they didn't appear. And I heard uh, from uh, one uh, UN um, uh, uh, chief of the civil sector, he was German and he spoke German. 
and he spoke in German. Uh, and as I learned, I, I learned German in school, and I realized that this certain delegation did, don't want to come uh, 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 to the checkpoint negotiation checkpoint because I am there, and they are waiting. Uh, me to leave to Zagreb and then they will uh, come and negotiate with UN. Okay. They don't want to negotiate with me. And I realized that they are in the city uh, 10 kilometers from the checkpoint. This city was on occupied territory okay. and nobody could be allowed to go there. And I said to this uh, uh, Mr. Fisher, that was his name, and I said, well, I will go to Zagreb. I didn't, I didn't, uh, 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 he didn't realize that I, that I understood what he was talking in German. And I said, okay, uh, I'm going to Zagreb. Uh, it is visible that they will not come. And he says, yes, yes, they will not come. They stayed in uh, Knin, 100 kilometers from, from the checkpoint. He also lied to me. Okay. And uh, I said, okay. I will go. And I went, I said, uh, said to my driver, we are going to Zagreb. And uh, I said later, turn around the car and we will go to that city, that Okuchan city. And he, my driver said, what for? It is occupied town. I mean, what for? I said, this Serbian delegation is there. I want to talk to them. And he says, Vesna, but we are alone. We don't have any protection. <laughs> How can you go there? I was so pissed off. I said, "I'm going there. I don't care. I don't cheat." Uh, I was, I was so, so, so um, angry, uh, furious. Oh. And I said, "Turn car around, turn around, and go to Okuchani." And she says, "Okay, but <laughs> I must uh, prepare my weapon." I said, "No, you are not going to prepare anything. Just drive." And uh, UN. Uh, compound was uh, on the road and they saw that my car is turning around and go uh, uh, on direction to Okuchani. And when I was driving uh, uh, near the compound, I saw that they were so nervous that they saw that I'm going somewhere. which uh, And uh, they don't the know. Loud. And I came to Okuchani. Okuchani town was completely empty. And we saw one guy, and I opened the window and I says, "Where are these uh, uh, guys who came from uh, from Knin? And he says to me, uh, "They are in the city hall." I said, "Okay." I was in the black car, Mercedes, Croatian plate, plate uh, 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 number, Zagreb plate number. So it was visible that uh, I came from the government. Mm. And I said to my driver, who was uh, who was it. In such a shock, uh, I said, "Be uh, uh, near the car, and I will go alone. Go in the uh, city hall." And he says, "But I can I can I can I can I interrupt you? Where did you find the courage?" Uh, I didn't think about the courage. I was so furious <laughs> because uh, because uh, they didn't appear. I was waiting almost four hours on the road, and. Uh, I want uh, I, I wanted to show them that they cannot play games. Mm. They cannot be disrespectful as well. Yes, I cannot be disrespectful as well. But this city hall was completely empty, and I heard some voices on the upper floor. And I come uh, there, open the door. They were sitting there smoking and drinking. When they saw me, they were in shock. <laughs> I'm sure. And, they were. and I remember 
I remember I said to them one sentence, uh, which was um, uh, in old Turkish um, means, uh, if uh, mountain don't want to come to Muhammad, Muhammad will come to the mountain. <laughs> That's the way. That was my my first sentence um, instead of the hello. Mm-hmm. And uh, they 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 said, well, oh, it is a surprise that we see you. Uh, please sit. Uh, do you want to drink? Do you want to eat or whatever? Uh, and I said, well, I want to talk. Uh, in meanwhile, UN came because they saw that my car is going to Akuchani. They realized that they are also in Akuchani. And I found uh, all three sides uh, of that table and we had a uh, um, uh, meeting and they were so in shock that they agreed to open the road. And I, and I came back to the president, uh, with, uh, uh, to the cabinet uh, with the signature of, of their permission to open the road. Okay. So, uh, so you so, so you actually showed that, firstly, when you you want something, you'll get it. You determined. Yes. You will find a way. Later, I I uh, got the name uh, unpredictable <laughs> woman. That was my nickname. Uh, another nickname was the um, uh, she she is a spoiled spoiled child of the president. Uh, they, it is a, the Serbian name Mezinche. <laughs> Mezinche means a spoiled child, that it must have everything when she wants. Tell me, why were you called unpredictable? Because of that, that uh, uh, sense, because I, uh, they didn't know that I will come, they didn't uh, expect me, and I just jumped in. So uh, uh, when uh, uh, real negotiation started, after we took military operation, uh, flesh and, and storm. Uh, uh, the last part of Croatia, we want to liberate by peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Serbs want me to, uh, to negotiate with them because they realize that uh, uh, when I promise something, I keep the promises. I'm uh, unpredictable, <laughs> of course, because I have a lot of energy and nobody knows what I, I'm going to do. But uh, you, uh, you also appear... If I'm reading you correctly, you're unpredictable in a good way. You're not unpredictable. Yes, no, no, no. You're not unpredictable to trap. Sorry? You, you're not unpredictable because you want to trap them. You're unpredictable no, no, because no, no, you no, want no, to no. get... Okay. Because I want to defend myself from their traps. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I surprise them every time. Every time. And because of that, I get this nickname, un- Unpredictable. Um, later, they um, uh, finally, when we reintegrated by peace, the last part of Croatia, they uh, I, I got their confidence. Okay. Uh, because the last part of Croatia was uh, under the UN, and American was leading the, this uh, UN operation, and he was uh, in a very good relation with me. Uh, we had we worked together, and. Uh, one, uh, it was one night when uh, every day I actually went from Zagreb to eastern part of Croatia. It means 250 kilometers every day in one direction and back. So I was going every day on the, uh, on the spot, some, some crisis area, and then going back, referring to the president, 
trying to propose some uh, things, etc., how to resolve the problem. And next day, going back. Every day. Every day. And one day, I came at 11 o'clock to my home, night, and Jacques-Paul Klein, who was transitional administrator of Eastern Slavonia, the eastern part of Croatia, which was occupied, said to me, he, he wake me up at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, and he says, Vesna, one village, a Serbian village, wants to leave Croatia. And I said, why? Uh, he said, well, uh, uh, someone is uh, calling them, threatening, threatening them that uh, they will be all killed when this become Croatia. And I said, that, tell, the, that, tell them that uh, it is not true. And he says, they don't believe to me. Someone must come uh, to the village from Croatian authorities and tell them that, it, this, that the, all these things are lies, that they will live as a normal citizens. And I said, but I, I can't find who, who uh, tomorrow we will come. And he says, no, it, it is too late tomorrow because they want to leave now. And I said, okay, I am coming. And he says, you are coming? And I said, yes, I am now in my pajama, but I will, <laughs> in two, two hours, we'll be in that village. I, uh, I called my driver. We were driving 240 kilometers. Whoa. I'm not kidding. Whoa. We were flying. Uh, we came in, in less than two hours in that village. They were again in shock. Jacques Paul Klein was in shock because he was standing there. And I was uh, 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 talking to them uh, two hours, convincing them that uh, I can guarantee them that they, they, nothing will happen to them if they stay in Croatia, if they accept Croatian documents, if they stay as a Croatian citizens. Can I, interrupt, they can I interrupt you at this moment? I think what I'm hearing from you, because I'm also part of this peace process, and not part of the peace process, I'm a peace builder, is that you actually listened to what civil society was saying, because a lot of the time, yes. the reason why peace processes fail or they don't last is because decisions are made at the top and they actually haven't listened to what people are saying at the bottom. They haven't taken the time yeah. to go to the villages, yes. to the people in the street to ask, What are your concerns? Why are you worried? This is what we're going to do for you. How can we make it better? They might not always be able to make it better, but at least take the time to include people was, in the decision making. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, uh, I was um, actually working more with heart than with and with my energy than with the uh, normal conditions. How to say uh, and facilities. Uh, because nobody can expect that I will jump into the car and go to the <laughs> village, which is almost 300 kilometers from Zagreb, and, and come immediately there and stop them to, to leave. Because I don't want to, uh, 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 I want Serbs to stay, not to leave. Mm. And uh, uh, they were uh, so, so concerned about their security. And I said, I'm guarantee you uh, security. I'm uh, sorry, can you tell me what security were they concerned about? The security of the state or the personal security? Personal, personal security. Not the security of the state. They were not uh, con so concerned about the state. They were concerned about their private security. 
I think because I think I think families, etc. I think what happens a lot of the time is that when men talk security, they talk borders and armies and governments. Yet when women talk about security, they talk about personal security, job security, community security, body security, and neither one is good on its own. They've got to actually work together. It's got to be a state structure that includes the security of me as an individual. And I think that's what you bring, what you brought to these processes every time. And um, uh, uh, this peace process was uh, two years, okay. one plus one year. And in these two years, I traveled a lot. I was every uh, Sunday at, uh, at in, in one church. Uh, uh, in the mass, in the uh, uh, on the mass, every Sunday. It means every Sunday from Zagreb mm. coming to Eastern Slavonia. One uh, once we, uh, uh, we we worked together, Jacques Paul Klein as a transition administrator and, and me. And um, one uh, one uh, winter night, uh, one winter Sunday, uh, I came. Uh, I wake up very early. And I went to uh, um, uh, our our meeting was uh, in church, uh, in Orthodox church in the one uh, village, and it was so cold. I came early on the Sunday at ten o'clock. No, at nine o'clock I came to that village from Zagreb, and uh, mass was uh, uh, two hours oh. too long. I was so uh, it was so cold. Uh, minus 20, something like that. And we went out from the church after that mass and one guy came to us and he says, no, no, you missed, uh, you you get in the wrong church. Our agreement was to come in our church. <laughs> so I said, okay, we go again. Next two hours we spend. <laughs> Whoa. So that was, I was so frozen. I was so, uh, but uh, I just want to explain you how, how we did the, that reintegration. Uh, we were every day with people, every day, tell, even on Sunday. Tell me, Vesna, in all your political career and your, your personal career, because your career is not just political, what do you believe your best qualities are? Um, uh, my, I'm very proud of what I did uh, in Eastern Slavonia in this uh, peaceful uh, process. Uh, I consider it, uh, actually, I returned occupied territories, I returned refugees. I kept uh, people who, who wants to stay mm. in Serbs, to, to stay in Croatia. Uh, and these goals are so, it, it was, uh, I achieved uh, many results with that. And I was very, very proud. Mm. I showed, uh, because we did some military actions, because we couldn't, uh, we, we couldn't uh, resolve it by peaceful, uh, uh, in peaceful way. So we, we did, because we, could, we, uh, we were five years, almost five years occupied, and we want to cut that down. Uh, but uh, later, we gave again chance first to the peace. And uh, after these operations, uh, this piece uh, uh, were considered as a good solution. And uh, I was very proud that I uh, achieved peace, not lost lives, nobody was killed. Uh, we worked very hard. 
But I will and take. I'll, I'll take you. I'll there. take you back to the question I asked you. You as Vesna, what do you believe your best qualities are? Your character. My best qualities. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, I can convince people. Okay. Um, um, that they believe me. Okay. People believe me. I keep my word. Oh, very important. When I say something, uh, when I promise something, I don't promise very easily. I must say that. Okay. But when I promise, that is, I will jump into the head if I must, but I will keep my promise. Okay. And I have a lot of energy. Okay. And I'm always in uh, in good mood. <laughs> <laughs> That's very important. That's very important. Uh, but I mean, uh, I must admit, I like the fact that you almost misunderstood what I said before and you were telling me what you're proud of. Because as women, we tend to think that being proud of something I've done is not a good thing. We've got to be humble. And I totally disagree. We have to be very proud of the things. No, we must, when we do something good, we've got to be proud of it. Because if you're not proud of it, why must I be proud of you? So thank you for so thank you for being a good role model in that. Um, I know. And uh, what I was proud of this uh, uh, during that integration, uh, uh, nobody realized that I was pregnant. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I finished the integration, and uh, my son was born, and everybody in shock were in shock. <laughs> Even my boss, my president. He didn't realize that I was pregnant. Uh, people in the government did not realize that I was pregnant. Rebel Serbs did not realize that I was pregnant. I uh, I had my uh, my clothes, same clothes as I was uh, before, but I had some shawls, scarves, oh, okay. etc. Myself, so I covered myself somehow because nobody believed that I can work. And be pregnant. Uh, they considered me that I was a little bit uh, fatter than uh, before, but uh, uh, they were looking at me. But nobody, nobody, absolutely nobody, considered me as a pregnant woman. Okay, well, that is a, that is something really to be proud of. Margaret Thatcher came to Croatia, and President asked me to go with her uh, to Eastern Slavonia, to eastern part of Croatia, and we were driving. And a uh, car was jumped into one, uh, you know, the road was not very, very good. And as I was pregnant, I, I was uh, uh, certain with my eyes uh, because it was very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And she was looking at me and she said, darling, are you pregnant? <laughs> she realized that I was pregnant, nobody else. So four weeks before I went to the hospital, uh, president asked me to go somewhere. I said, President, I can go. And he says, why? And he says, uh, but you must go. I said, President, I can't go. Uh, but why? I said, I have my private reasons. And he said to me, you can't have private reasons. It's too important for, for me. And I said, no, I have my private reasons. And finally, I was so, uh, he, he pushed me so much. I said, I must, I must go to the hospital. I'm pregnant. <laughs> so he was... Uh, he was in shock. <laughs> uh, um, uh, we had uh, uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs was doctor, mm -hmm. medical doctor. 
uh, vice president of the government was also a medical doctor. They were sitting with me every day. Nobody realized. Nothing. Even a doctor. That's amazing. Even a doctor. Even so a doc- you can imagine how doctors in politics can be. <laughs> uh, we could carry on. We could yeah, carry on. And, sorry? Uh, never never uh, uh, put your life in the hands of the doctors who are in politics. Oh, that, that's a good motto. <laughs> I will remember that. Um, Vesna, we could carry on forever with the stories because you have a lot of stories. But I need to know from you as a member, what brought you to the Mediterranean Woman Mediators Network? What has it brought to you and what? What has it brought to you, and what do you think you give to it? Well, I want to um, uh, to to share good practice that we had in, uh, in uh, during this uh, peace process. Okay. Uh, to just to to uh, maybe uh, uh, to compare um, uh, and to to uh, just to study why some UN missions failed in Croatia because we had three UN missions, two okay. failed, one that succeeded. Why, why these two fails, uh, failed and one, why this one, the last one succeed? What were the difference? Okay. Uh, because it's very important for the, for the UN, uh, UN is um, uh, uh, investing a lot of money, um, people, energy mm. uh, to, to resolve the crisis uh, areas. But sometimes they are peacekeeping Sometimes they're peacemaking. My experience with peacekeeping is not good. Okay. Because they just uh, they just keep the frozen situation. If you keep the frozen situation, you cannot move. You cannot achieve progress. Can I interrupt you here? Because this is exactly what's happened in Cyprus. They've kept yes. the peace of two separate communities, which is the mandate. But what has happened is that you don't move forward. That you, is the problem. You, you frozen the in problem. A, it's a big problem. It's a you big are problem. just keeping the, the situation as it is. Yes. You are not working on the ground because it's not possible because nobody has political will. You are not creating the political will. Mm. Uh, you are not doing anything. You must... Uh, um, uh, when we... Um, when we were working in this uh, uh, peaceful uh, mission, uh, this peaceful reintegration of Eastern Croatia, then every day we were considering what to do, how to do, uh, how to meet the people, how to uh, to reconcile Croatian mm. Serbs every single day. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a very big difference between peacekeeping and that was That was my building. idea, to, sh- to, to, to share the experience. Okay. Tell me, what has the network given to you? Um, uh, many different stories, many different examples. Uh, and uh, some of the, uh, uh, I can realize the problems mm. of, uh, in the world. That is very interesting for me. I, I like this, uh, uh, like these crisis areas and how to resolve it. Mm. That's, that's something what is in my blood now. <laughs> I, I cannot help. <laughs> Um, and uh, sometimes uh, I, I can say uh, to myself, uh, I can uh, if I if they let me uh, uh, one year, I can resolve this problem. <laughs> well, maybe that's the benefit of this network that that we can share experiences and help each other. 
because that's what (laughs) I found. That's what I found. Vasna, is there anything else you would like to share with us before we close, before I ask you the last question? Well, um, I was I was also a minister of justice. Okay, uh, dealing with um, not only with reform of the judiciary, which was very challenging uh, uh, in Croatia, uh, but also uh, uh, working with the Hague Tribunal. Yes, uh, which was also connect, uh, in connection with what was happening in Croatia, in Bosnia, and in all war in, in many wars in uh, uh, former Yugoslavia. So, um, uh, because I was what I was during the war, mm-hmm. it was much easier for me to consider some some cases in the in the in hate tribunal okay, yes. and help to resolve some also uh, questions, legal questions. Okay, yes, that, that that was an interesting period. That international criminal tribunal. For the former Yugoslavia. Because you had Rwanda and former Yugoslavia. Yes, yes. It was a very interesting period because it was also seeing the different sides of justice. That's right. The different sides of justice and the different levels of justice. If you had to give yourself one title, what title would you give yourself? As I said, you as I've said repeatedly, you wear, you've worn a lot of hats and you've got a lot of stories. If you gave yourself one title, what title would that be? Well, it's very, very, very difficult to to, to give me one title. Uh, uh, now I'm, uh, um, um, you know how they call me here in Croatia. Vesna, she's uh, the only, uh, uh, the last uh, witness of what happened in Croatia from the 90s. Uh, because everybody died. I only, <laughs> I'm still alive. You're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> because I was I was uh, very young at that time, so now when they uh, said to what what was uh, the meeting between uh, President of Bosnia and President of Croatia, I know because I was present there. Okay. They are dead. I am here, and I can tell them. So, um, but um, um, some of people, uh, especially my, I'm a lawyer now. I have my law firm. I just uh, moved from the active politics, by the, but they want all, always to to uh, uh, to ask me to uh, to return back. Always, always. But uh, now I I'm uh, working. I decide to work uh, for myself and for so I have a lot of work, uh, business and work. But uh, um, some of the people are afraid of me because. Uh, because uh, the, who who are afraid of me? Those who wants to who are uh, playing games in the dark side. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think the most scary quality, and I'm saying that with a lot of affection, is people, especially in politics, don't keep their promises. And when someone keeps their promises, it is very scary for the people yes. that don't want to keep their promises. <laughs> so yes. I can understand. I mean, I'm like you. If I've made a promise, even if I have to pull myself into 300 pieces, the promise will be made, will be kept. <laughs> right, that's right. Okay. Uh, do you have anyone you would like, that you admire? What woman would you admire? Name me one or two women that you have as a role model or that you have great admiration for. Um, personally, I like uh, Margaret Thatcher very much. Okay. Well, she got the job done. Yes. She got, yes. The, she got the job done. Okay, Vesna, I think... We've come to the end of this conversation. We could carry on for a long time and we'll have this conversation after the microphones are not recording. But I'm really 
honoured you took the time. I'm really um, impressed with how many things you've done, and I'm sure with no, with not, with a lot of effort because everything that you succeed in takes effort. It's not easy, and you also did it often as, and you also did it pregnant occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that that is no mean feat. So a lot of respect to you, a lot to learn from you, and I'm glad I'm on this journey with you to see if we can make this world a better place. Thank you, thank you, Magda. Okay, thank, thank you, you Vesna. Have a, have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Her Stories, please leave comments, suggestions, and reviews and share with anyone you feel may find this equally interesting. A big thank you to our sponsor, UN Woman, and see you on the next episode.